Hey, welcome to the Juice Bar Experts podcast, where we are going to give you tips, tools, strategies for launching a new juice bar or scaling and increasing the profitability and efficiency in your existing juice bar. I'm your host, Andrew McFarlane. For the last 10 years, I've been in the juice bar business, running my own juice bars, as well as helping hundreds of entrepreneurs all around the world launch successful juice businesses. So without further ado, let's get into it. Welcome to this episode that I am extremely excited about, and it's about measuring everything in your business in order to be successful. So I've learned that there's different kinds of business owners, uh, and so you may or may not be the person in your business that really loves data and really loves analyzing patterns in your business, but I would be uh, regretful if I didn't share the importance that I'm aware of when it comes to analyzing the data in your business. And so I'm just going to talk about a lot of areas and what the correlations are and how you want to read this information and just approach it overall to help give you greater insights into your business and how to evolve your business. Um, And like I said earlier on, you may not be this person in your business. And so if you're not, hopefully this will inspire you to find that person, or maybe you just tell that person to listen to this podcast episode. But I'm going to talk about really first analyzing your POS data and things that you want to look at with that, Um, analyzing your marketing and how to track elements in your marketing. And then lastly, you know, the kind of information that you're going to need in order to make some bigger decisions as it relates to your labor and purchasing equipment and saving on product yields, things of this nature. So... uh, For any of you guys who are new to this channel, if you don't know who I am, uh, for the last 10 years we've been helping people launch and scale juice bar businesses. I actually started with my own juice bar company in LA uh, and just started having people approach me to help them with their businesses. Now granted, I relate to this journey so much because in the early phases, I thought I knew a lot more than I did. And granted, I probably knew more than most people getting started because I was always very entrepreneurial. Uh, But as time expanded, and I would say I've gotten to the point of having mastery in this industry, I started seeing that there's all kinds of things that need to be shared and discussed in order to empower other people who are uh, curious and potentially lost as to what to do to open a successful juice business uh, or smoothie business. And so let's start and talk about first your POS data. If you don't know what POS stands for, it's point of sale system. Now, uh, the great news about this modern day that we live in prior to even 10 years ago is a lot of this these POS systems uh, function from software. And so you can use any tablet for the most part and use whatever interface that they're offering. And most of these companies are constantly updating their software in order to stay relevant. And so uh, we like companies like Square and SalesView and um, uh, there's some other out there too. Our clients have used things like Revel, which uh, I've had, you know, I've heard 
pros and cons about that company as well. But moving in is you just want to make sure that whatever POS system you're going with really can give you a lot of great feedback because you're going to use this information to assess how to allow your business to evolve because this POS system should be able to give you uh, information around what times of day you're getting the most sales. Now, this is something that if you're in your business, you could probably start to assume, but it's really great to see on a daily basis and a weekly basis what are the patterns and to even be able to go back historically, you know, things that we've done is if we notice that there's a holiday that's coming up and we're making the decision, maybe it's 4th of July, should we be open or should we be closed? So if we can look a year previously, one thing that we discovered was, oh, on the 4th of July last year, our sales were really, really great up until about 2 p.m. Okay, and so we may have stayed open a lot longer, but now we know in order to plan accordingly, we can stay open until about that time. We can schedule our labor accordingly. We can prep uh, products. We can see how much money we made and know that, you know, unless there's anything that tells us otherwise, we'll probably be within a spectrum of about 20%, give or take. And so that helps us plan in that department. One of my favorite things about analyzing POS data is really for product development because in the food service world, you are going to have a disproportionate amount of people order specific products and specific product categories. Now, this may be the things that you want them to order, and it may be the things that you don't want them to order. For example, we generally uh, advise that our clients lean their customers towards purchasing more smoothies if a customer doesn't have a preference. If a customer walks in and says, hey, just tell me what's good, we usually have our, our, our clients lean them in that direction because smoothies generally have higher margins and there's lower labor on these products. And just even in the industry as a whole, people in the most case scenarios, it's about a 60% uh, to 40% smoothie to juice ratio when it comes to customer ordering habits. And so um, being able to look at your POS data and say, okay, well, what products are selling the most? And figure out why is that? Okay, what products aren't really selling at all? Because you'll find that you might be spending a lot of labor preparing a small segment of your menu that only a few people are ordering. And if that's the case, you're actually losing money there. Because anytime you have to make a new product, even when it comes to juices, specifically in large batches, because that's usually something if you're cold pressing, you're going to be prepping ahead of time, you still have to go through this process of cleaning the machine, rolling the machine out, um, weighing the ingredients. When you can do things in larger volume, you get economies of scale. And so really, as a business, you want to be more like a product or a few product company, you want to have a few products that your company really specializes in making. You don't want to have an equal portion of people ordering each item on your menu because you also don't get the economies of scale when it comes to purchasing your ingredients wholesale. If you can focus on a smaller segment of items, then you have more leverage when you're negotiating with your vendors just based on the ingredients that you're using. So that's another benefit there. So when you're analyzing your POS data, you know, we use the 80-20 principle and we notice, okay, everybody's moving in this direction. This is what people want. So now we know what kinds of products we can develop in the future. Are people really, really moving towards the green juices? Okay, for that reason, great. Um, and are people 
staying away from certain other kinds of products, okay, we can probably either remove those completely or remove some of them, or, um, you know, which is usually the case because as menus evolve, usually in the first year of your business, two years of your business, your menu is going to be a bit more dynamic, and then you'll find your patterns because you're analyzing things and you can see what people really, really want, and you'll settle things out, and you might have small variances here and there as new ingredients get introduced and things are in season, but for the most part, you'll find your, your foundation uh, in your menu. So uh, the other things that you can look at in a POS system will be things like, you know, what retail staff uh, is selling more? So what's the average ticket sale per person that's on retail? And that's good to know because you're going to be allocating hours to people based on their performance and also just to even reverse engineer what they're doing, observe them and figure out why are they uh, so successful in that role. Can you create training material, material around some of the habits that they've taken on when it comes to t educating customers and upselling and things of this nature? So. Uh, the POS system data is amazing. It will also, many of these systems tell you how much labor you're spending uh, per hour uh, based on your schedule. So you can do that manually, but you can also have the reflection, and I say manually ahead of time, so you can plan out your scheduling and your labor correlations beforehand, and then you can see what the reality is of your labor through the POS system as well. So much information there, and we could probably talk about this for hours, but I'm gonna move on and talk about analyzing things in your marketing. So just as a base philosophy, you can't control that which you don't understand. And part of being able to analyze all the efforts in your business, granted, it will take a bit more attention, and it's not the lazy route, but these are the kinds of habits that separate very successful entrepreneurs and business owners and ones that either fail or just run very mediocre businesses because you don't know what levers to pull in the same way that you're analyzing your sales to see which menu items are really thriving to build upon that. The same thing goes for your marketing. You want to, through every medium, whether you're doing flyer marketing or you're doing Instagram marketing or Facebook marketing or Google Ads marketing or having drip feed campaigns uh, through your email autoresponder, you need to be able to see what are people opening in the autoresponder? So what kind of content is our audience really, really interested in? Okay, we, we're doing an Instagram campaign. How many people converted based on that campaign that we did? How many people actually became customers? And ways that you can measure these things is through coupon codes. So if you have a call to action and you have someone redeeming something or even just showing you that they want to redeem the post from something on their phone, you can have a coupon code. So every time someone makes a purchase based on a certain action, you can allocate that coupon code or in the notes in your POS system to that action. So later on, you'll go back and see, okay, how many people redeemed this specific coupon code? But you have to have separate ones for every single medium or every single activity that you want someone to redeem in order to figure out, okay, how much did it cost us to get that new customer to come into our store? That's what's known as your customer acquisition costs. And then you have to pair that with how much the lifetime value or even short-term value is of that customer, right? Because you don't have all the time in the world to really understand the lifetime value, but even in a year or six months period of time, how much on average do you make from each new customer? And so that will inspire you to invest more money in your marketing. But once again, you can't control what you don't understand and what you don't measure. And so 
in situations where we've been working with clients and they've attempted to have certain flyer marketing campaigns that they've put together and I may have questioned them a bit more and said, okay, well, how successful was it? And they don't know specifically. And in a perfect world, if you invest a thousand or two thousand dollars in flyers, you want to know, okay, how many flyers came back? How many people redeemed the offer that we put out? Okay, 10 people, that's 5%. If you put out 2,000 flyers, or it's 10% if it's, you know, 1,000, um, or that's 1% if it's 10, but if it's 100 people, okay, it's 10%. So you're going to do the math and see how successful was that campaign, and did we get the return on our investment if we spend $1,000? How much money are we going to make in the next six months, next, next year? Is it worth it? Because, and just about marketing, which I, I mentioned in a previous episode we recorded, you don't always want to think about the short-term value, and I think a lot of times people make the mistake of being too short-term in their thinking because they want to make money off of the first transaction, right? They want to have a campaign go out, and they want to make the first time the customer comes in be profitable. Now, that may be the case in some situations, but it also might not be the case, and that's okay if you have a good product and you're going to have high customer retention rates. So if that customer is going to come back, usually you'll make money on them on the second time or third time, depending on what kind of campaign you put out there. But you have to be willing to invest that money and measure it and see what is the value of acquiring these new clientele. But you can't do that if you're not measuring your efforts. So quantify and measure everything to see what's working because you will find that there are certain mediums that are more effective for you, even certain places that you're doing marketing. So if you put, if you do a campaign of 1,000 flyers and you put 250 in the gym and 250 at the nutritionist's office and 250 at the yoga studio, you want to find out where did these people come from because that's going to tell you something about who your target demographic is and where you need to market maybe in deeper capacities in the future. Maybe you go and give talks at that gym or yoga studio because you see that their audience is really, really receptive to your product. But these are all going, if you can measure it, it will give you insight and it will give you direction. Okay? So lastly, this is a bigger conversation. I shouldn't say it's bigger. It's a little bit more nuanced because when it comes to measuring your productivity as it relates to your labor costs and product costs. There's something that I call the product cost and labor crossover. And I'll do my best to explain this. Uh, maybe I'll give you an analogy to paint the picture. There are going to be situations where you can do things manually, which takes labor. And at a certain point, in the short term, based on the volume of sales that you're doing, it will be more cost effective to do things manually. But then there will come a point where you're functioning at such a high volume that you may be willing to lose money in your product cost because you're going to save money in labor. And so I'll give you this example. Let's say you have a manual citrus press and you're having someone in your staff juice uh, a gallon of oranges. Now you're paying that person a certain amount of you know a certain amount of money per uh, hour, and you want to figure out what is that person's output in that period of time. Now, the manual citrus press may, and I'm just using this as an example, but it may get you more juice than an automatic citrus press. But at a certain point, when you start juicing 10 gallons, 50 gallons of orange juice 
the amount of money that you're going to save on the product cost may not make sense in terms of the amount of labor that it will take you to produce that amount of product because machines just tend to move faster in most cases than humans and your human labor uh, force can do other things during that period of time, higher level tasks. And so when you're measuring everything, you want to look at it and say, okay, well, if this person's doing the manual citrus press, how much juice are we getting from that? What's our cost per ounce? Okay, great. What period of time did it take them to juice that? Okay, that's what it costs me. Now I get it. Then you want to look and say, okay, well, how much does a, you know, in another scenario, a cold press juicer, how much does that cost? Um, okay, how much time is it taking? Because these things tend to be more valuable with scale. The more volume that you do, the more valuable that they become. And so just being able to measure these things are going to help you make decisions about what kinds of investments to make. Because yes, purchasing a cold press juicer might be anywhere from $13,000, $14,000 on the low side up to $30,000 or more depending on the size. But if you're going to be doing a large volume of juice and over time, you look at how much labor it's going to save you, it will become eventually more beneficial in labor and in product savings than a centrifugal juicer, right? But when you're at a low volume of business and you don't have a big budget up front, a centrifugal juicer might make more sense in terms of labor and um, um, just sheer equipment costs. So you want to be able to measure what is your short-term expense? What is your long-term expense? Because you have to project these things over time. If you only think about it on a daily basis or a moment-to-moment -moment basis, you don't have uh, the vantage point that is going to allow you to make a mature decision. So I hope that paints the picture, and I hope that was clear as well, um, is just measure everything, cross-correlate what your labor is to the output that that employee has versus the equipment that you might be purchasing and how much output that might have and how much it might save you on labor um, re related to that output of that employee um, per pot product, per juice, per ingredient that you're prepping. Those are the things that you really want to measure. And these things take time, once again. Uh, but philosophically, you'll always find that it's more valuable to lose a little bit in the short term by perfecting a system and seeing the long-term impact than trying to overlook these details. Uh, and I know that sometimes we get busy, which is why you, know, you might want to work with people like us in order to help you, save you some time, and also just to make sure you're doing these things right. But philosophically, it's important to know the value of putting the attention into measuring as many details in your business as possible, because it will give you the information that you need to make educated and wise decisions about the future of how you're going to run the business. And so I hope that gives you some motivation to measure everything, at, because like I said in the beginning, you can't control that which you don't understand, and you won't understand that which you don't measure. So wishing you guys a lot of success in your projects. If you guys do need help, feel free to reach me personally. This is Andrew at the at startajuicebar.com. Once again, that's Andrew at startajuicebar.com. This is Andrew McFarlane with the Juice Bar Experts podcast. And I'll see you guys at the next episode. Mm -hmm.